morning, folks. This is Joel Martin with you today, and I'm so thrilled you're able to join me for the Everlasting Word. <clears throat> now, today we're going to pick up in James chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 19 through 27. And if there was a thought or subject for today, it would be hearers and doers of the Word. Now, Paul picks up or I'm sorry, James picks up in verse 19. He says, wherefore, my beloved brethren. Now, the reason he's saying wherefore in verse 19 is because of something. It's a continuation of something that has already been stated. Because in verse 18, he says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, what that means was God the Father, of God the Father's own will, he sent his only begotten son to live a perfect, sinless life, to be the spotless, sinless, without blemish Lamb of God, to go to the cross of Calvary, to shed his blood, suffer and die, bleed and die for us, so that and on the third day he rose again so that if we would believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would be saved and we would be reconciled unto God the Father. Of God's own will, he did that for us. And because of that, James leads in to verses 19 through 27. But he says in verse 19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, that is some great, great, great advice that I wished I would have applied uh, a lot in my life. I, I've applied it some, but not all the time. For a lot of times, I look back in my life, I found myself, I've been slow to hear, swift to speak, and swift to wrath. But when we do that, that leads into verse 20. It says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So when man tries to take care of things in, in our own way, in, in ways that we think is right, we're, we're not administering the righteousness of God. We're, we're administering our own ways. And there's, you know, I'm reminded of this, the saying when I read verse 19, there's a reason that God gave us <clears throat> one mouth and two ears. So in other words, we're to listen twice as much as we speak. But sometimes we as human beings, we fail to do that. But we need to follow the teachings that James gives us here. He says in verse 21, he says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. In other words, repent of your sin, repent of your filthiness, repent of your abundance of wickedness, and receive God's word. Put, put all your sin aside, turn your back on your sin, turn toward God, and receive, meekly receive the engrafted word the the word of God, which is able to save your soul. Now, we think about the power of God's word. If we think about John 1, 1, where it says, In the beginning was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This Bible that we 
carry to church back and forth and hopefully, hopefully reads, reads some throughout the week that it, it, it is a word that it was spoken from the throne room of heaven. It came from God the Father himself. It came and, and it, it, it came to hearts of, of holy, righteous men and they pinned it down. People want to say there's error in God's word. No, there's no error in God's word. There is no error. There is no, we, we serve a God in whom there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. In other words, there's no confusion. There's no darkness. There is no confusion in God's word. There is no error in God's word. It, it is so powerful. It's more powerful than a, than a two-edged sword. It cuts like a two-edged sword and it can save our soul. It can rescue us from the pits of hell and it can keep us on his paths of righteousness throughout our lifetime if we will just meekly receive it. But Paul, but I keep wanting to say Paul. But James, he comes out and he says, you know, you need to receive the word. But you need to do more than just receive the word. He says in verse 22, <clears throat> it says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now, these are the kind of people that show up at church on Sunday and think they did God a favor just by showing up. Their hearts aren't in it. Their mind isn't in it. They're not. They're hearing the word being being preached or the or, or being taught, but they're really not listening to it. And, and it reminds me of what Jesus, you know, when the disciples asked Jesus, "Why are you teaching parables?" and he he said, "They hear me." but they don't understand me. They see me, but they don't recognize me. So what they were doing, what Jesus was doing was using things that the people could relate to. And when it come to a time when the word that Jesus taught bore fruit in their lives and they were converted, they could spiritually understand what Jesus was trying to teach them. But see, these people here, that they're just hearers and not doers, they're the ones that think that serving God is just merely going to church. Going to church is not serving God. Going to church is going to worship Him in spirit and truth, to fellowship with our, with our, with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and to honor and praise and worship our Lord and Savior. That's worshiping. Serving God is when we walk out the four walls of the church and we go out into this world, we're to be a light a shining light and were to be a salt to a lost and a dying world so that they can see a difference in our life. We witness to lost people. We serve people. We serve needy people. We give them a meal. We give them that cup of water. We give them those clothes for, you know, that they need and those things like that for that's where we become doers of the word. But a lot of times these people that are just hearers that go to church on Sunday and then when Monday comes along and the job responsibilities start taking over 
and what happens are our school responsibilities or whatever those responsibilities might be is the word that was preached or taught on Sunday become they forget it because the worldly responsibilities began to take priority and what they heard on Sunday gets pushed on the back burner. It's not a priority anymore and all the worries and all the concerns is what they got to take care of in their jobs or at school or whatever and God's word becomes forget. They just forget it. But see, and I also think about these people in the parable, parable of the sower. These people that are just hearers of the words are the ones that you can equate them to the ones where the seed fell by the wayside and the, word, and the birds came up and ate, ate the seed or the, the seed fell on the stony ground. It took effect for a little while, but it didn't last long. And the seed that fell amongst the thorns, again, it took effect a little while, but it didn't last long. And see, those are the people where their, their hearts aren't fertile. Their hearts aren't prepared. They haven't prayed. They haven't prepared themselves to come into the Lord's house and receive, meekly receive that word. For again, they think they've done God a favor by just showing up. But then you got the other person. It says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, this is the person that comes into God's house. They're not just hearing the word. They're listening to the word. They're listening to the word. They're, they're letting it absorb into their hearts and their minds. And when they go out, their priority is to apply or put in action what they've heard on Monday through Saturday so that they can be a shining light. They're not putting a basket or a bushel over their light. They're being salt to a lost and a dying world. They're being light to a lost and a dying world. And these people understand, these people that are doers of the word have come to a point in their life that if they want their faith strengthened, if they want their faith to be stronger and to have a closer walk with their Lord, they can't just hear the word. They've got to hear the word and they've got to do the word. They've got to put the word in action because obedience, obedience is what strengthens, strengthens our faith. These people that are just hearers of the word, that is a faith that is weak, and it's a faith that just might be dead. But these people that are doers of the word, they understand that they must be obedient to their father so they can be pleasing to him. And this in no way whatsoever means that works is salvation. For salvation is by faith through grace, lest any man should boast, and it is not of works. But after salvation, works must come. There must be some fruit that we bear that shows that we are a child of God. But see, in order for our faith to be strengthened, we must be a doer of the word. We must be. But then it goes on and it says in verse 26 and 27, <clears throat> If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth or tame not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. In other words, what's coming out of that man's or that person's mouth is not what they're presenting themselves to be. 
So I don't care what anybody says. What is in our heart, eventually, it will come out. Our buttons will be pushed just the right way in whatever circumstance. That last nerve is going to get stepped on or whatever. And what's in our heart is going to come out. And if we're not receiving God's word with meekness and letting it just indwell our hearts and our minds, we are... are our our sin nature will take over in our life. It will, but we need to let God's word control us. We need to let God's word lead us, and we let need to let God's word instruct us in every situation we are in our life. But see, if a person's tongue, what they're saying is not administering the, the righteousness of God, that person's religion just might be in vain. But then verse 27 gives a description or definition of pure religion. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless or the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. In other words, be an encouragement to those orphans. Be an encouragement to those widows and keep yourself unspotted from the world. In other words, stay out of these worldly things. Stay out of these things that that is going to put you in a bad light. Stay out of these things that uh, may be a stumbling block to, to a person, might be confusing to a person, and be undefiled before God. But see, unfortunately, we don't hear enough preaching about that. We really don't. For for unfortunately, there's way too much of the world mixed in in the church. It, it, it really is. And, and a lot of times you can't tell the difference. But see, the Bible teaches us that, that teaches us that when we, we go, when we go into God's house, we are to go in with a reverence. We are to go in with a respect. We are to go in worshiping in spirit and truth. And we are to go in praising his name. And, and the unrighteous cannot stand with the righteous. They got to make a decision. They're either going to have to get in with us or they're going to have to get out. But see, we don't hear enough preaching about that. But see, as I look, my time is up. But the, the one takeaway from this message today is be a doer of the word. Be a doer of the word. That will strengthen your faith. That will make give you a closer walk with your Savior. And that will be more pleasing to God. And that's the message today. And I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope it's been a help. I'll be back with you next Tuesday. This is Joel Martin.